You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. So I titled this message, Go in the Strength You Have, and um, in a few minutes... Or hopefully at the end of the message you'll, you'll understand why I've titled it that. We'll see what happens. Sometimes you want to put a title on a message and you don't really know what's the best title. And lots of different names come up. And then you just hope that it works out. And if it doesn't, don't worry about it. Just dig it wrong. So, <laughs> so in the spirit, I guess, of just being together today, I thought it would be um, great to encourage us. And uh, with that, um, the Apostle Paul... Um, who at the time was in prison, took time to encourage Timothy. And in 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, it's going to be up on the screen, I'll read it for you. It says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, of self-discipline, So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel, by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. I I think we, we often will talk about how, if it wasn't for the grace of God in our life, where would we be? Right? You probably heard that from Tyler, you probably heard that from me, you probably heard that from many people. Where would we be if it wasn't for the grace of God? In this, in this passage, we, we see that Timothy was probably a man of quiet disposition, um, a, a timid individual, right, who had been thrust into a leadership role. He was young, and he was facing false teachers at the time. And all sorts of other challenges that these challenges would have been really, you know, I think extremely strenuous for him as a young leader, um, where it was leaving him very weary and overwhelmed and and even perhaps asking that question, what am I doing, right? I'm sure many of us have been there in life. What what am I doing? God, I need your grace right now. And... um, it's either this, either that was taking place, or Timothy is a little hesitant because his mentor happens to be the Apostle Paul. And I don't know if you ever read some of the New Testament of what the Apostle Paul was teaching about. His, he's got some pretty big shoes to fill. So Timothy, either that's going on in his life where it's like he's kind of under a bit of uh, stress in regards to the new leadership role he's, he's about to, that he's in. Or he's looking at his mentor going, how am I ever going to add up to this guy, right? I mean, how often do we read the scriptures and think, those guys were amazing. I feel like I'm so not there, right? But I think it was the other, um, even though they were big shoes to fill. But Paul is, is gentle with Timothy. And I think it's really appropriate that he was gentle with him. It's like he, he understood who Timothy was and where he was at, so he was gentle with Timothy. 
and um, and he says, I am uh, remind you, I am reminded of your genuine faith. He says that just before we the scripture that we read. I am reminded of your genuine genuine faith, and for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. In other words. He's like, don't look at your circumstances. Don't go with your feelings. It's not, it's not over. You haven't lost, but encourage yourself in the Lord. Remind yourself who he is. Stir yourself up and keep going. This is what he's saying to him in, in all of that, right? How often do we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord? How often do we have to remind ourselves who the Lord is in our lives. So often we get so focused on our circumstance that we forget what the Word of God says for us in that moment. And I say this very often. We, have, we need to allow not our circumstances to dictate the Word, but allow the Word to, to dictate our circumstances mm. and, uh, and how important that is. And, um, and so Paul wasn't saying... He, you know, Paul wasn't saying um, this whole idea of fan into flame the gift of God which is in you because um, because the spirit's flame was weak or needed to be alive by human effort. Okay, that wasn't what he was saying. But because the spirit only works in cooperation with those who desire his enablement. Right? Again, we need to position ourselves in such a way daily that we say, God, be a part of what's happening today. Mm. I need you today. It's this partnership. It's not him dictating what you need to do or not do, but it's this partnership. We keep fanning the flame. We keep in step with the Spirit, Galatians says. We want to stay in step with the Spirit as believers. The truth of this fanning into flame is that if we want to be effective with Jesus, we can't let off the gas. Right? we got to we got to keep going. And uh, and I really believe that once we kind of take our foot off the gas, the, the, the possibility is there of starting to drift back. And God wants us to keep moving forward. So this whole idea of, of fanning into flame goes for all of us. See, see, yes, Paul was talking to Timothy as a leader, but the reality is that we are all ministers of the gospel. We're all leaders in this room. And um, whether you happen to get paid for it, like myself, right? Or whether you're a tradesman, or whether you are, uh, say, a doctor, or a stay-at-home parent, or you work in a local coffee shop, or in a local retail store, or a local grocery store, whatever it is that you're doing, we are all ministers of the gospel. We are all called to be advocates of Jesus Christ. That is what we're all called to do. We're all called to share the love of God. Every single one of us. That is our purpose. That is the call that God has for us. And so we have to remember that. So, you know, you may be in this room and go, I feel like, no, nah, dude, I'm, I'm not a leader. That's just not me. This, is, this passage does not apply to me. It's like, no, it fully applies to you. Because in some way, you are able to, to, to share God's love with other people in your area of influence. Hmm. And so, 
Paul says, fan into flame. He says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity. And so I'm not, I'm not sure about you, but I know, I know me. There have been many times, and there are times in my life, where I'm a bit fearful. I lack courage. I'm not operating in bravery. I'm hoping there's other people out there that's like that. Mm. Um, we, we lack these things sometimes. See, I'm, I'm good with heights, good with climbing a ladder, I'm, you know, I'm good with getting on a plane and flying overseas. I don't really like spiders, but I'm not afraid of them, right? But sometimes when God asks me to, to do something, to, to step out into the unknown, it's a little bit uncomfortable. I think probably all of us would find ourselves in that same place. And, uh, and, and so what Timothy is hearing from Paul is that God has not given us this spirit of timidity. There's this story in, uh, in the Bible about a, a man named Gideon. And uh, it's found in Judges 6 to 8. And it would probably be best if you went home today and you just read through Judges 6 to 8. Because I'm, I'm not going to be able to obviously read the entire passage. But also, uh, but I'm going to take bits and pieces out of it for us today to kind of learn from. Um, so Judges 6 to 8. And in this story we see an individual that is called of God at a time when the nation of Israel is again being disobedient to God. And because of this disobedience, they are being oppressed by a few people groups uh, called the Midianites and the Amalekites. And then it says some other Eastern cultures as well were sort of in that mix. And things got really bad, so bad that finally the Israelites cry out to the Lord. And the Lord sends an angel that reminds them of what God had done for them in the past. He talks about crossing the Red Sea and, and different things like that. But he also mentions that you haven't listened to God, so you have brought this turmoil on yourself. I think so often in our own lives, it's not that God wants to be vindictive in our lives, but sometimes we make choices, we make decisions, that the consequences of that are not very good and, uh, and can cause some sort of negative ripple effects. So we have to be careful about what we're doing. Are we being disobedient to God or obedient to Him? And so they brought this turmoil on themselves. But what I love about God is that even though Israel so many times was disobedient and then obedient, and then disobedient and obedient, and yet, you know what, I kind of fall into that camp sometimes. I don't like to always admit it, but yeah, sometimes it's going really great, and other times it's like, whoa, where am I going? And, and so, but God doesn't give up on them, just like he, he never gives up on us. I love that about God. He never gives up on us. And he, as we all know, the famous scripture, he never leaves us, he never forsakes us. What a beautiful reminder, and what a beautiful promise for us. So, so shortly after this, 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 you know, them turning, or this turmoil on themselves, shortly after this, the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon, and he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, this is where it, it gets good, because... The Lord has this plan 
of how Israel is going to wipe out the enemy. And he's going to accomplish this through Gideon. The problem is that the Bible says that Gideon is from a clan that is apparently like the weakest clan amongst the other clans. And Gideon himself is the least in his family. So when he says, you're a mighty warrior, Gideon's thinking, are you sure you got the right guy? Right? Yeah. So how many times have we felt inadequate for the task that God has for us? Perhaps we felt afraid. But God doesn't look at any of this, but says, go in the strength you have. And at this point in the game, Gideon is not feeling very strong. He's feeling the opposite of strong, right? So in other words, the little bit you have doesn't disqualify us. And we've talked about that a few times, especially in the Brighton campus, that, that we, you know, these things that happen in our lives don't disqualify us. But God has qualified us. And so the little bit you have doesn't disqualify you. It actually positions you in the absolute perfect place. Again, we see ourselves from a limited perspective, don't we? We don't see the beginning and the end. We just see the moment that we're in. And we, we see that sort of feeling that's taking place in our lives in this at this time. We don't see the, the, the overall plan and purpose that God has for us. And so we see ourselves from a limited perspective, whereas God sees what he is able to accomplish through us. And so I know I would feel this way often, and obviously Gideon feels this way. It's like, I got nothing, God. And then he basically says, let me be the decider on this. How many times do we make those decisions for God? Right? How many times do we say, God, you, you got this one wrong. This is, this is the deal. This is what's going on. It's like Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God. right? And then he says, God did not give us a spirit of timidity. And I know for me, it's like, you may call me a mighty warrior God, but that's easier said than believed sometimes. Right? How often do we just maybe believe the lies or believe how we are feeling in the moment instead of trusting what the Word says who we are? And so we read the story in the story that Gideon makes a special offering to God, which is his way to show that his dedication to the Lord. We also see, and there's this is where you can just unpack so much, which I, I, I obviously don't have time to do, but he tears down the altar to Baal that was erected. This was the God of the Israelites uh, that, were, that they were worshipping at the time, not the one true God that we're worshipping this morning. And then to make sure God is certainly with him, he asks for him, uh, he asks for actually three signs. There's two really close together and one a little bit closer to like chapter 6, I think it is. Um, and God does what he asks. So there's this confirmation. So at this point, Gideon is a bit more confident in the Lord until the Lord has this conversation with him. He's like, you know your army of 32,000? 
32,000 men, well, before you go after your enemy, which, by the way, outnumbers the sand on the seas, I want you to let them know what's going on, and whoever trembles in fear, allow them to turn back. And on that day, 22,000 of the 32,000 go home. Sorry, I think it's 22,000 of the 30,000, something like that. No, 32, doesn't matter. A whole bunch of them. <laughs> Two-thirds of the army go home. That's why I say read Judges 6 to 8 and you'll be able to fix anything that I've messed up this morning. Have you ever been facing something, or God has asked you to do something, and you know he's with you, because Gideon knew that God was with him, but you feel that it's actually getting worse before it's getting better. Mm. How many times are you in situations, and I, I'm pretty sure that I, I say this in a good way, but I'm pretty sure Tyler and Donna over the years have felt things not getting better, but kind of like, what's going on here? Like, I have a few examples, and I'm sure other people here have seen some examples, but where it's like, God, what are you doing? Like, this, I'm not really encouraged in this moment. I'm still excited that you're with me. I'm still going home for the purpose you have in my life, but why is this happening, this happening, this happening, this happening? So he has 32,000 and 22,000 go home, and now he's got 10,000 left. He was, Gideon isn't full of courage at this moment, and then it gets worse for him. Right? And then God says, there are still too many men. Right? And so he says, go down to the water and separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down and drink. And at this point, 9,700 drink like a dog and God says, take the remaining 300 and I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Now, if I was Gideon, I would have probably said, no, you take 300, and I'll keep the 9,700. But that's not how God rules. And so, it's like, I'd be freaking out. And I think Gideon was probably freaking out. This is, this is a situation that seems absolutely impossible. And I don't know if you're in a situation that seems absolutely impossible, but there's, there's good news. But it's like, I know this is a completely different context in many ways. We're not going with an army to fight sort of the enemy. Obviously, in the Old Testament, that was a way to show your dedication and love to God. Today, it's, it's the opposite. It's like loving your enemy, right? Uh, it's doing things very, very differently. But I hope that you can kind of take what's happening in here and, and adapt it to your own sort of life situation. So it's becoming this impossible situation. If this was me, I'd be like, I'm done, and I'm sure this is what Gideon is thinking. Because what God says next is, is actually encouraging. It's like God knows what's going on and knows what's going on in the heart of Gideon, right? And so it's, it's kind of encouraging this next thing. But it's a bit risky as well. And so I really think this in regards to God encouraging us, and Ty's going to throw it up on the screen, it's this. I believe that sometimes your encouragement from the Lord doesn't come on the side of safety, but on the side of taking the step and trusting. Sometimes we're like, God, I need your encouragement now before I go. And I really believe God 
works the opposite of that. That's not to say that's a hard and fast rule. Because I'm sure there's stories of, no, you know what, God encouraged me and then I took a step. So it's not like a hard and fast rule to say. But I really believe that often God says, no, 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 no. You take that step of faith in that right direction that I'm calling you to. And the encouragement will come. And uh, that's not an easy step. And I don't really like that format. <laughs> but it, it's, it's what faith is all about, right? That's right. And so God tells Gideon, if you're afraid to attack tonight, if you're afraid to attack this enemy, then, then let me encourage you with something. When it is dark, go down to the enemy's camp and listen to what they say about you. You know, this phone ringing is always exciting, especially during night shelter. When the guys are trying to sleep and the phone starts ringing, I always feel like, oh man, that would just be so annoying. Anyhow, um, <laughs> you guys with me still? So he says, go down to the camp, and I want you to listen to what the enemy is saying about you. And so just as he gets there, there's two individuals that are having a chat, and the one interprets the other's uh, sort of dream. And, and basically, the interpretation is Gideon and the Israelites, or Israelite army, are going to be taking us out. And so, so with this... Gideon runs back to the camp, and there's about, and he wakes up the 300. He gives them trumpets and empty jar, empty jars and torches inside, and says, "Do as I say." And then the same night, they surround the Midianite army while they slept. At Gideon's command, this is what takes place. He, he, they blow their trumpets, smash the jars, grasping the torches. At that very moment, the Bible says that the Midianites ran, crying as they fled, and then they turn on each other with their swords. So they basically take themselves out. And, the, and Gideon's army of 300 men didn't have to do anything other than go up to the edge of the, arm, uh, the uh, edge of the camp, smash the jars, blow trumpets, and shine these torches. Now, now I have to be honest, right? Which I think most of you would clue into this story that this makes no sense at all, right? It just doesn't make any sense, except for one thing: is that God had a plan. Yeah. That's it. It just it makes zero sense, except for God had a plan. And not only did He have a plan then, but He has a plan today, yeah. right? And He has a plan for our lives as individuals, and He has a plan for our churches. And, and sometimes these plans don't make sense. And I've discovered, it was a while ago, and we hear this very, very often. It's common sense. And, and I, I just think that common sense um, in the kingdom of God just doesn't work. Like, don't get me wrong, I understand there's certain things that are common sense. Like, again, this illustration will break down. But generally speaking, common sense in the kingdom of God doesn't always work. It, it actually seldom does. But God's sense does. Right? It's like throughout the scriptures, we read stories of Jesus doing things. And it's like, why would you throw mud, spit on some dirt and throw it in a guy's eyes, and then he's conceived? Like, there's so many different stories that just don't make sense. But it's like, it's because we want to think it through with our rational minds instead of just saying, God, 
what do you want to do in this situation and I'm going to follow along with yeah. your plans. And so I wouldn't have done it this way. I would have I would have wouldn't have whittled down the army. I I wouldn't have gone up to the edge of the enemy camp while they were sleeping and proceed to make as much noise as possible, right? And show them exactly where I was. Again, that would that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. But God, then and today, will always do what he needs to do so that he can get the glory. Amen. I mean, the bottom line is that there is no way Gideon could claim that he made anything happen in this story. I mean, I mean, he was he, he did not feel like a warrior. He had minimal strength, but he just kind of went along with it, probably kicking and screaming at very, uh, lots of the times. Going down into the enemy's camp, you and your mate, not a good idea. Like, what happens if they happen to wake up because you are making a bit too no, too much noise as you're kind of going down there? And, uh, and, and then ultimately, what I just said, it's like, make as much noise as possible and show the enemy exactly where you are. I mean, it, it doesn't make any rational sense, except when we know that God had this plan. Mm. There's, there's, no, there's no way Gideon could have claimed any of this for himself. But because he cooperated with God and desired his enablement, even when things looked impossible, right, the miraculous happened. And, um, and the truth for Gideon and Timothy and us is that if God is for us, who can be against us? And, and, I, and I know we always say that, and sometimes I believe it and sometimes I don't. Just got to be honest. There's moments where it's like, God, this ain't working. Like, I'm definitely feeling the weaker one on this one, right? But it's like, his, again, his word is truth. We have to sort of... Uh, uh, we need to sort of, I guess we need to adapt our lives to his truth, not the other way around. Amen. And so, I haven't really left a lot of time um, to talk about the last bit of this verse in Timothy. But the reality is that Timothy was getting, um, I guess the reality was that Timothy, as at the beginning of what I was talking about, was getting himself <coughs> worked up about the future, right? That was sort of what was taking place. He was getting worked up about sharing the love of God because that's what the, the latter part of that scripture talks about as well. With people, instead of walking in the strength of the Lord, he was, he was focusing on sort of the task at hand and, and him doing it on his own instead of saying, God is going to be with me in this and I can do it. Winston Churchill said this, when I look back on all the worries I remember, the story of an old man who said on his deathbed that he had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which had never happened. And uh, I heard that recently, and I thought, that's incredible. I think, mean, how many times do we in our minds sort of play out a story that hasn't even happened yet? Hmm. We sort of make things up when, before we have to maybe face a challenging situation with our friend or with a neighbor or with somebody in the church or whatever it might be. We think it all through before we go into it and we think, oh, this could happen and that can happen and think of all the, oh, and then they'll probably say this and then that will happen and then we'll be even more mad. And we just, we make up these different things where if I take a step out, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, that's going to happen. 
And uh, we, we make this, we, in a sense, we freak ourselves out before we even get there. And if we just allowed God to just do what he needs to do in and through our lives and take that step that he's called us to take, and not necessarily worry about the future, and I'm talking to myself in a huge way, just ask my wife, um, it's like we would just see that sometimes we work ourselves up over nothing. Yeah. And so this quote, again, really speaks to that, that whole idea of a lot of trouble in his life, most of which had never happened. Sometimes we, we, we put things in our lives that don't necessarily need to be there. Paul told Timothy that God had given him the spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So maybe we're saying, well, I don't, I don't feel this, right? You know, it's, it's not about a feeling, it's about our position in Christ. I don't feel love, I don't feel his dunamis power that he's talking about in this particular scripture, right? I don't feel this self-discipline. It's like, no, that's your position in Christ. That's who you are. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see how this will work out. And I mean, and this one's a tough one for me. So let's just close our eyes and look through the eyes of faith, right? We just look at all of the outward stuff with our physical eyes and, and see that, man, this is way bigger than me. If Gideon did that, I mean... He would have not experienced what he experienced. I feel so weak and inadequate. I mean, so, that is me so many, many, many times. Um, but the scripture says that that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Right? It's like all of these things that just make zero sense. They don't make common. It's not common sense, but it's our position in Christ. And. Uh, and the truth is that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us, then, then anything is possible. Anything is possible for you, for your church, for our church. Anything is possible. And so I have one, one last thing, and I, I think this is a, a really important part of this, um, this whole story as well. And maybe the band can come up and we'll, we'll, we'll have a song in, uh, in a few minutes. But... Gideon was afraid of the enemy. But what we need to know is that actually the enemy is afraid of us. He just doesn't want us to know it. He really is. He doesn't want us to know that he is afraid of him. Gideon went down to the enemy's camp. And what was the report? The enemy was scared of... I thought that was the worship band. I was like, wow. That is, like, that is the sweetest little riff. Is that what they call it? A little riff. A little riff. Yeah, a little riff. It's sweet. So the enemy is afraid of us. He just doesn't want us to know it. And, and so Gideon goes down to the camp. And what does the enemy say? They are afraid of Gideon because of who is on... Gideon's side, right? He's afraid of us because he knows who lives in us. I mean, if you want to know how powerful you are, ask the enemy, because he's freaking out, because you have Christ in, in you, the hope of glory. If Christ raised, um, if, the, if Christ, what was the scripture? Um, Same spirit. The spirit of Christ lives in you. Like, anything is possible. 
And so he's afraid of us. And so he'll do whatever he can do to short-circuit your destiny. Hmm. That's what he'll do. Whatever he can, he will do that to short-circuit your destiny. See, God has given us the spirit of power, which is bigger and greater than anything that will come against us. It's this dunamis power. It's like there's nothing greater than the power that, uh, that, that lives within us. He's given us this love that will enable us to endure the intense challenges that we'll face. And he has given us this self-discipline that will, that will help keep your whole being focused on mm. Jesus. This is all stuff that we, that he has given us. We have this. So when you're feeling um, fearful, know that the enemy is trying to trip you up. Know that the enemy is trying to short-circuit your destiny because you're at the doorstep of God's purpose and his purposes in your life. Because if you are, if you, if, if you have love and self-discipline and power, and this is who you are in Christ, and you're starting to experience fear, I really believe that it's the enemy knowing that you're so close to what God has for you that he's just going to do whatever he can to short-circuit or whatever he can to, to just trip you up. Yeah. The unknown, the next step, this walk of faith that God has called us to can be, can be scary. But Lisa Bevere said this uh, a while back. Um, the devil doesn't care about your past. That's over and done with. It doesn't mean that he's not going to use it against you. It doesn't mean you're, you, you don't have to work through some of those things. It doesn't diminish your past because some of us have had really difficult pasts. Some of us have had challenging past. There's a lot of stuff. I'm not diminishing your past and the challenges you've had to work through and face and overcome, right? But the devil doesn't care about your past, but he's terrified about your future because he knows who lives in you. And so he's going to do whatever he can to trip you up. The reality is that because our future is so bright, the other, the, uh, you know, God's purposes, his fulfillment, flowing from your life will bring fulfillment in your life and it will bring freedom to those around you. In that particular scripture, again, in 1 Timothy, the latter end of it is talking about basically going and sharing the love of God. And, uh, and God has called all of us to do that. And at the end of the day, the enemy really wants to keep it so that we don't do that. So that we just keep our faith to ourselves and we just stay in fear instead of stepping out into what God has called us to. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.